On this very special Star Wars surprise question episode, we chat about our favorite movies, moments, and characters from the Skywalker saga, not including the Clone Wars or Rebels. And don't miss our next episode, a fun and personal interview with my co-host and host of the Royish Good Looks podcast, Royce, which we'll be releasing on May the 4th. But for now, stay tuned for what I consider to be the May the 4th-ish episode of Krypton 2 Alderaan. Welcome, everyone, to Krypton to Alderaan, just a simple podcast trying to make its way on the internet. I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. Hello, podcast. Robin. Hello. And Dr. Lorelei. Hello. And we're the podcast that talks all about nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. If you'd like to get in touch with us, reach out. Listen, on any social media, just search us. We have too many social medias now, and I'm not going through each one. Just search Krypton to Alderaan and you'll find us. That's A-L-D-E-R-A-A-N. Or shoot us an email, pew, 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 at kryptontoalderon at gmail.com. Or leave us a review wherever you're listening, if wherever you're listening allows you to leave a review. Pro. We'll we'll read it on air, and we'll also um, owe you a life debt. Friends, a momentous, a couple of momentous occasions in our podcasting experience. A little while ago, I tweeted... There's no local comic book store in the town that we live in, which is really negatively impacting my life. But anyway, I tweeted about this because I'm very far behind on the High Republic comic books. And one of our listeners, Carl, big shout out to Carl. He, wherever he lives, he went and bought me the comic books and sent them to me. And so as far as we are right now, I have the updated comics for the High Republic and High Republic Adventures. So that's awesome. Thanks so much, Carl. I'm so excited to read them. I haven't cracked into them yet because, well, I got my second COVID shot on Thursday and I fully anticipated being sick as a dog because of it. So I was going to read all the comic books then, but I'm not sick. So He was very excited about being sick and it didn't happen. Yeah, I had all this stuff planned, like lazy, lounging stuff, and I just didn't get sick, but whatever. Anyway, The High Republic's really good. Check it out. Thanks again, Carl. Second momentous occasion, we have officially surpassed 1,500 total downloads of the podcast. Woo! Woo! With Robin and mine's mini-episode maybe having done the best, like, first week of release of any of our episodes wow. Wow. <laughs> for whatever reason <laughs> people love 2020 and true but crime. like the last mini episode i think it was our godzilla episode got like i don't know not a lot of downloads in the first couple of days but the 2021 wow. got what i would consider to be a lot of downloads I'm compared to what we usually get very disappointed about that yeah people care more about true crime than godzilla I won't for take some it personally. Reason. All I'm saying is I give this podcast its edge. You are all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that has been said to us directly. Um, okay. What's up, everybody? Let's do a little chit chat. Chitty chitty chat. Hi, who, wants to, who wants to go? You know what? No, I'm going to go first because I have a monologue planned for a little bit later. If I do my what I'm into then, then I'm just going to be talking for too long. So what I'm into is... Thanks to Hope Mullinax on Twitter. 
Hi, Hope, if you're listening. That's awesome. I've watched the first season of Amphibia, which is a <laughs> cartoon or animated TV show. Are, are any of you familiar with Amphibia? Robin, you're shaking your head. Amphibia on Disney Channel with the girl and the frogs. Yes. How does the theme song that one go? It's, it's got like a, violin. Yeah, it's got a good theme yeah. song. That show's awesome. It's got a great theme yeah, yeah. song. <laughs> I am really enjoying that show. So <clears throat> my prepared statement here is, it's a wonderful animated show about a girl who gets transported to this other world, Amphibia, with all kinds of talking frogs and toads and all kinds of creatures. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's really heartfelt and pretty funny. Like, I, I think I probably laugh out loud every episode. I'm really enjoying it. So Can't I'm through season, through season one. That's the only season currently up on um, Disney+. Plus. But I also, it's so bizarre to me. Not bizarre. I mean, it's great. It's just weird to think about, like, compared to the cartoons that we had when we were kids... I think that this cartoon is part of this sort of new age of cartoons that promote diversity and inclusion and acceptance that I don't think we got when we were kids. I just can't think of it. I watched a lot of cartoons, and I still do, and uh, I just can't sort of compare it to anything. So like in Amphibia, she goes to a new world, and she's sort of an outcast for a while because she's because she looks different, right? Because she's human among frogs and there's also some there's also some racial elements like we know that she's thai is thai a race mm -hmm. okay we know that she's thai so there's all that there's that context in there as well like she goes there and she feels different but she's like it's a conversation about acceptance and for anybody and actually like the town that they all that her new frog family lives in wartwood the town motto is slow to accept and even slower to respect, Ooh. which I think is just so incredibly American, American you know? Uh, it's just that, like that part of it's very on your nose, and, and I think that that really points to it being a commentary on all this. And then there's the toads who rule over the frogs and think the frogs are inferior. There's just so much of that. And I think this show and shows like Steven Universe and Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts they're all incredibly good, and they all promote acceptance and, and, and inclusion and diversity and all that stuff, which I think is really great and hopefully has a very positive effect on not only kids seeing themselves in the show, like a, someone who looks like them being accepted and, and, and all that stuff, but for also kids learning understanding and acceptance and respect and all that stuff. So that's what I'm into, and I love it, and I love that that's the way these shows are going. Can anybody think of a show from when we were kids that had that theme to it, or those kind of, those themes within it, I guess? Because I couldn't. Mm. No. Not a one. Yeah. But we have seen a lot of Amphibia, and I've definitely enjoyed it. I would never binge it, but Robin puts on, like, the Disney cartoons and just leaves them on. So we watch that, and then that one that's The Simpsons. Big City Greens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never watched it. That one's basically The Simpsons, but Disney Disney-fied. That show's yeah. awesome. I loved Amphibia. I totally binged it. I also love Steven Universe and Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts. And if you're interested in shows like Amphibia, I mean, they're not, a, they're not alike, really, but they're really good shows. Anyway, who wants to go next? Royce, what do you got? <laughs> I can go with another cartoon. Well, also... 
we're we're continuing our soft binge with Mad Men just to keep everyone updated. <laughs> we're, we're in season three now. It's getting it's getting kind of serious. <laughs> but <laughs> let's let's talk about cartoons since we're talking Ooh. about cartoons. And I meant to bring this up last time we recorded because I think that's when we finished it. But Solar Opposites, oh, yeah. season two on Hulu. Not much of a season. It's like six episodes. Is that what's going to count as a season of television from now on? I think it was eight. Eight? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Whatever. It was short either way. It was over before it began, you know? Yeah. And it's a 20-minute show, so eight episodes. It's an afternoon. Well, what Rick? what's Rick and Morty? I mean, Rick and Morty is... What yeah, is it's it? half an hour and maybe like eight, eight to ten episodes a season. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy to think about how they design seasons of television now. Okay, it's eight, confirmed by Robin. Two seasons. Fact-checking Robin. Eight episodes apiece. But it was really fun. And it was, like I said, over too soon. By the time you get to the last episode, like, they were starting to almost develop some of the lore of the show. Have you been watching any of it? No. So it's like, it's basically, <laughs> it's Rick and Morty. If you like Rick and Morty, you'll like Solar Opposites. It's the same exact thing, really. It's like spacey and profane and silly. It's an alien family that crash lands on Earth because their planet blows up. And the idea is like, they're going to go and find a new planet and terraform it and have that become like their new homeworld. But they crash on Earth and they're like, we don't fit in here. It's weird. But they're also aliens that have advanced technology. So there's lots of quirky little side adventures that ensue. I guess I don't want to spoil it if no one's seen it, but I enjoy it. I want to see more. They kept making like fourth wall breaking jokes that like Hulu doesn't give them enough money. And they're like, that's hilarious. If we had a budget, we could do a really crazy adventure to this week. Who knows? Maybe there won't be another season. They made it seem like they don't have any budget to make more. <laughs> they did the, like the Arrested Development thing. Like, please hmm. watch this show. Right. I don't know. I thought people were liking it, but I don't watch it. Maybe I'm the one who would make or break the... That's... Sorry. So I'm sorry for saying that, everyone. You're the one, Joey. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone for saying that. <laughs> Robin, do you have a thing or do you want me to ask you what's new on 2020? We didn't watch 2020 this week, so we, we can't <gasps> even... That's as much air as I can get in. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely write off the cartoon theme. Not that it's anything new at all, but... uh. I feel like Disney XD has been playing a lot of Gravity Falls, mm. which that's one show that anytime it's on, I'm going to put it on. I don't care if it's the, I've seen it 800 times. And every once in a while, they'll do a marathon and it'll be like every single episode and they'll just play it for like multiple days. And I feel like they've been doing that a lot this past year. So that was on a few days ago. And doesn't I watched that show, a bunch. Sorry, doesn't that show tie in with Amphibia? Aren't they in like the same universe? Or am I thinking of different shows? I think you're thinking of a different show. But there is a character, a uh, somewhat recurring character in Gravity Falls that is voiced by Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty. Mm. He's a time traveler, time anomaly stopper guy. And he sounds pretty much exactly like all of his other characters. And he says lots of weird, quirky things. Oh, geez, I'm a traveling time stopper guy. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, I've watched, I watched like maybe the first season or maybe not quite the first season. And I really, really liked it. And there's no reason why I should not have watched more of it. It's a really great show. I would watch it over many other things pretty much every day. Also, yeah. another great theme song on that show. The kids shows really know how to grab the attention with the theme songs. I got to tell you, I listen to 
the soundtrack to Kipo and the Age of the <laughs> Wonder Beasts. I just list, I just put the soundtrack on. The theme song is like very sort of Matt and Kimmy, uh, which I really like. There's no singing and it's pretty short, but it it's just the whole soundtrack's great. What what cartoons do you like, Lorelai? <laughs> <laughs> do I have to talk, talk about a cartoon? You do not. Okay. I guess what I'm into most recently, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. But you guys have talked about doing your soft binge. We did a hard binge yesterday. I'm pretty embarrassed about it. I'm not. I'm just owning it. But we watched the whole first season, which is all that exists of Shadow and Bone, um, which is like a fantasy series. And normally, to be honest, I'm not usually into like fantasy. Like, I guess I watched Game of Thrones. I liked Game of Thrones. But watching this show kind of made me realize like what Game of Thrones was missing, which is like fun yeah (laughs) this show is a lot more fun and a lot like it doesn't have i mean just goes to show that you can make a good show that doesn't have all the gore and all the like nastiness and it was still like just as effective as a show so it was super cool i think i often dislike these fantasy series when they just like drop you into the world without really explaining what's going on and it can be kind of difficult to figure out like what's happening which was true to a certain extent in this show, but it was a little bit easier to catch on to what was going on. And there's, you know, there's magic and there's creatures. You've got everything. There's firebenders and there's uh, bloodbenders and there's airbenders. (laughs) It's everything you could ever want. I know. But um, I think they do, you know, you're saying it as if it's, you know, exactly like Avatar The Last Airbender. But... They, I think they have like sort of an interesting different take yeah. on like how this sort of like magic works where different people can manipulate different materials or mm-hmm. like properties, I guess. But no, it was just really fun. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Easy to binge. It's Turns also out. one thing about Game of Thrones that is annoying is that like one thing happens every episode and then the rest is just like people talking and this show progressed really quickly. Like, it didn't feel slow. Like, the thing that I thought was going to happen, like, maybe in the last episode or maybe wouldn't happen at all in the first season happened in, like, the third episode. So it was just nice to kind of, like, it just, like, kept moving. And, yeah. Anyway. And also a very diverse and interesting cast. Where can we find it? You can find it on Netflix. Thanks, Netflix. Thanks, Netflix. I think it's like a, it's a, they were, it was books first. It was yeah, books. it's a series of like YA young adult novels, yeah. novels. And who doesn't love a good young adult novel? I would say sometimes me, but sometimes not me. <laughs> but I'd be interested to see how the books differ from mm-hmm. the show. But yeah, and it's got Ben Barnes in it from um, that show with the robots taking over the world. West. Oh, Westworld. Westworld. Yeah. Anyway, it's good. Check it out. And that's it. On to the next thing. Today, we will be discussing everything we love about Star Wars. Every single thing. Okay, maybe not everything, but a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, and I, we are going to <laughs> really try to keep the conversation positive. Because obviously there's stuff we don't like, but overall, as a whole, uh, we love Star Wars. Personally... This is my monologue. I love Star Wars. 
I love it. I just love it. And recently on this podcast and off this podcast, I've been talking a lot about how toxic fandom has gotten in general, but specifically within our wheelhouse within Star Wars. And I firmly believe that it's sort of our duty to shut that down and to ourselves as fans be tolerant of other fans. Everybody's going to like the stuff they like and not like the stuff that they don't like, but we're all it's okay to just enjoy it and to be nice and respectful to other people. We're all we're all going to be art critics about this whether we know it or not. But the important thing is to always be respectful to everyone including our fellow fans and also the artists. And I found a great community on Twitter, a great Star Wars community that does exactly that. And I'm going to shout out Pink Milk. They are a wonderful, fun, amazing, inclusive, accepting group of fans and creators. I've been attending their live streams the past few weeks. They've been having live streams where they watch one of the prequels and then they live stream and have a discussion about it. It's been really fun and everyone's really great and really nice. They're mantra is we are Star Wars fans, we support each other, and we have fun. I hope it's okay to say that here. Pink Milk, if you're listening, first of all, thanks. And also, I love you all and you're great. Uh, But I think that that should be the mantra for all of Star Wars. And I think that's how we should all proceed. So, that being said, Star Wars. We've all prepared Star Wars cocktails to go with this Star Wars conversation. What are you two drinking over in New York? They are technically a Tom Collins, but they have been referred to as a Darth Collins. So in order, in honor of Star Wars, we are drinking some Darth Collins. I feel like Darth Collins is one of the fans that I was just talking about. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we would have to shut his shit down. Uh, what are we drinking, Lorelai? We're drinking ATAT knees. Correct. <laughs> which is a bee's knees, which happens to be one of my favorite cocktails, to be honest. It, um, very delicious. And should yeah. make for a good conversation as we progress. Exactly. Is the ATAT your favorite mobile military Star Wars vehicle? I'll take that as a yes. yes. <laughs> what are my alternatives? I mean, yeah, they're fun. They're dull. They trip over wires when you wrap them around their little legs. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. Our favorite things about Star Wars. We're starting with everyone's favorite thing, the prequel trilogy. Now, I said that semi-facetiously, but again, let's try to keep this positive. This is going to be a series of questions and answers. So the first question is, and goes to, <laughs> Royce. What is your favorite moment in The Phantom Menace? I mean, all the battle droids are like, like battle droids aren't as cool as storm troopers, but it is really fun to watch the Jedis mess up all the battle droids. Like the very first scene, they land on the droid trade federation ship or whatever. And then the droids come to get them and they're like slicing them in half. And it's the first time you actually see the Jedis doing like Jedi stuff. Not like Luke. You know what I mean? Like Luke was trained by Yoda, but like he's a different era. You see Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Master destroyers. And then they do like the super fast motion thing. (laughs) I I love all of that from Phantom Menace, especially in that first and like second act when the planet's being taken over and they go and like they rescue Amidala and all the people from Naboo. And they're like, they chop the droids in half 
and they use the force. Dude, there's a lot of good Jedi stuff in just the first half of that. And of course, like the Darth Maul stuff. But yeah, I'm going to go with Jedi's taken out uh, <laughs> useless battle droids. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I, I obviously I posed the question to to discuss a specific moment in the film, but I think that this film gets a lot of negative press, right? And has since it came out. And I think it's nice to point out I, there's good stuff in the prequels, whether you like them as a whole or you don't. I think there's good stuff in each one of them. So as we go, as the other hosts of the podcast answer these questions, we can all have a discussion about other things we like. We don't have to stick to that one moment. So moving along, Robin, do you have a favorite moment? No, that's a terrible way to phrase the question. Am that's I allowed to such a pass? Trap. <laughs> it's a trap. There's got to be one thing, at least, that you can say that you like about The Phantom Menace. So, so that's the first one with uh, young Anakin, right? Yes. I think it's funny how much they emphasize midichlorians out of nowhere. <laughs> so I think, I think if I had to pick a favorite, that would be it because it's like uh, in Rick and Morty when they talk about like schmeckles as currency and you're like, well, who knows what that is? Where does this come from? <laughs> but yeah. it's totally casual. Like, oh yeah, he's got the highest midichlorian count. He's cool, right? <laughs> are you against midichlorians overall or you're okay with them like scientifying the force? I, I think it's really funny. I kind of wish they didn't include it, but I think overall it's just kind of funny and interesting. And I feel like that's probably kind of a pain point for a lot of people that they did scientify it because it's... You could just make a super soldier if you had enough midichlorians. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really mm -hmm. make a lot of sense. But I do think it's kind of funny. So if I had to pick, I guess I'd pick that. I think that's what they <laughs> refer to in Mandalorian with the M count. That has to yeah. be like the midichlorian count. They just don't say midichlorians because they don't want to piss everybody off. They know better. Yeah. But obviously, Baby Yoda must have a ton of M count going on. Yeah. M count is just as dumb. We are keeping this positive. <laughs> um. Yeah, but, like, why wouldn't you just say midichlorian? Uh, Lorelai. <laughs> the only thing that I remember from that movie <laughs> is the little race. Oh, little okay. race. We're keeping, it, race. We're keeping it positive. Keep it's it positive. The, Keep it positive. Keep the Bunta Eve classic, Lorelai. The Bunta Eve classic is the only thing I remember. It's a long, large part of the movie. It's. It it's is. A very I mean, it's large like part of the probably movie. a third to a half of the movie goes <laughs> no, for a very that. long time. <laughs> so I guess that's my favorite part because it's the only part I can remember. Oh, but man. I mean, who doesn't love like a fun come from behind underdog story? He wasn't supposed to. Anyway. It could have been a whole Star Wars movie, like Star really Wars a pod race. Yeah. Oh. Wasn't it? It's a video game, right? There's. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason Royce knows that it's the Boonta Eve <laughs> <laughs> yeah. classic. Because of well, the video game. That's all I remember. Okay. And I mean, and like, you know, some weird things with the, you know, young Anakin and Natalie Portman being in love already. But are you an angel? I think that's really sweet. I think that's when he says that line, I think it's very sweet. I, I also just watched this because, well, shout out to Pink Milk again. Uh, I watched it to so I could better participate in their live stream. But You just watched The Phantom Menace? Yeah. When? <laughs> to participate in the live no, stream. No, but I'm wondering when. He had some time. Ago. Okay. <laughs> um, I really think it's nice when he says that. Also, he's nine and she's 13, according to Weird Al. So... Okay. Not that big of an age difference. But still. 
Um, what you love to say is, why does it have to be a romantic thing? Why can't they just be friends? And obviously it does because of, you know, whatever. Sure. But like, but I think when two the- children meet, you don't really immediately expect them to fall in love. Well, they didn't really fall. I mean, I guess in retrospect they did. I don't think there was any, like, love stuff in that movie. He's a poor slave kid who met the most beautiful girl he's ever seen and thinks she's an angel because there's stories about them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which I think is nice. I, You're right, Joe. It's <laughs> sweet. Okay, I'm trying to remain positive, but I disagree okay. strongly. <laughs> Same. My <laughs> favorite moment in The Phantom Menace involves me talking a lot again. Some might say I'm an emotional person. Who would say that? (laughs) Um, And because of that, I think I really, really love and get attached to emotional moments in movies that I like. You know, like that heart swelling, eyes welling moment. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Specifically, I can point out the scene in Avengers when Bruce Banner's like, that's my secret captain. I'm always angry. And like my heart grows three times as big and my eyes tear up and I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. And I, but I've no, I don't really get that from a lot of the Star Wars movies, but I do get that a lot from the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels and the High Republic stuff. But that's besides the point. But I get that feeling in The Phantom Menace every single time when Anakin is leaving Shmi. Like they have the conversation. She wants the best for him. She gives him the choice to leave or stay. And he's going and then he turns back and he says, you know, I don't want to leave you or I don't want to go or whatever he says. And then at that moment they share before he leaves. It just gets me every time. So I love that moment. I love all that it means for like this movie and the future of Star Wars. But I also love that it like actually makes me feel have like have an emotional response in a Star Wars movie. So that's my favorite moment in The Phantom Menace. Do we have a favorite character from The Phantom Menace? Lorelai just made the worst face possible. (laughs) I mean, since I only remember the pod race, it really limits the characters. Sabuba! Yeah, exactly. Royce, do you have a favorite character from this movie? Uh, I like Qui-Gon a lot. It's kind of a shame that he bites the bullet, spoiler alert, and he's not in any of the other ones. But yeah, Qui-Gon's cool. Because, like, he trained Obi-Wan, you know? So you get, like, the level up behind him. He doesn't like the Jedi Council, which I think is cool. He's like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Padme's like, ah, oh, the Queen wouldn't approve of this. He's like, well, the Queen's not here right now. Qui-Gon yeah, exactly. just <laughs> does whatever he wants all the time. He's a badass. Yeah, he's really, he really is a badass. Robin, do you have a favorite character? Who's the uh, blue guy from the pod race? Sebulba. Does he say the his own name? Guy. There's other guys, though. Uh, if you give me a minute, I'll pull up some characters. The, the from... weird flying guy <laughs> with the elephant trunk and the tiny wings. Watto? Yeah. I'm a toy darian. My choice is going to work on me. Only money. Yeah. You okay. can't. I'm going to set a rule where your favorite character can't be a, a, a slaver. <laughs> But he's so funny. You have to pick someone else. (laughs) He's a pretty good, like, you remember him. He's got a character to him, you know? I couldn't remember his name, but I remember him. (laughs) Yeah. Him. Him. That guy. That guy. Uh, I think my favorite character is Anakin in this movie. I think that little kid is, I think that little kid acts his butt off. And I think that's a great 
introduction to Anakin and he's just a compassionate little kid. He asks Qui-Gon if he's there to free all the slaves. He wants his mother to go with him. You know, it sets up his downfall later, but I just really love that character in this movie. And that's it. I'm afraid to ask anymore what's your favorite stuff about the Phantom Menace questions. Since you only remember the pod race. Sorry. What's your favorite pod? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Does anybody else have any favorite things? I have another favorite thing. There's Naboo. a lot of cool pod racers. I mean, if you played Star Wars Racer, like the that game really did expand on the lore of that scene for sure with oh characters God. and vehicles. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's really, I also really like Naboo uh, in general, but it's also the, f- the first and maybe only planet we ever see in the Star Wars movies that's more than one thing. It's not just a desert planet or an ice planet or a volcano planet. It's, it's got, like, it's got lots of stuff. Grass happening. and water. <laughs> yeah. So I like that. And the battle at the end school and Duel of the Fates, obviously. We talked about that. What's okay. everyone's favorite of the prequel trilogy? Favorite movie of the prequels? Uh, mine is The Phantom Menace. Yeah? Yeah. Robin, what's your favorite uh, prequel movie? I can't really distinguish them apart. <laughs> uh, whatever one has Mace Windu. All of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever one has Mace Windu being thrown out a window. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> okay. If you, I was going to say, if you say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Every He falls out of a window in every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Attack of the Clones because wow. as I've mentioned many times I'm very much subject to recency bias and that is the one we just watched and it's the only one I remember very well so there you go usually people rate that one pretty low yeah I mean it's when Anakin becomes an asshole yeah. you like, see it happening also it's kind of confusing because there isn't really like an Attack of the Clones no It's more of a rescue by the clones. Yeah. It's like they're the good guys. Yeah. And attack of the droids, maybe. Mm. But anyway. I love that that scene. Again, more Jedi stuff. You see Jedi showing up. That is a fun scene when they're in like the battle dome. And what does Obi-Wan say? Like, oh, it looks like she's on top of it or whatever. Yeah, he's got a lot of good one-liners in attack of the clones. Yeah. Anyway. That's what I'm going to stick with. Anakin's, they show up and Obi-Wan's tied up and Anakin's like, we were coming to rescue you. And Obi-Wan just looks <laughs> up at his chains and he's like, good job. <laughs> the Jedi are kind of not nice throughout this trilogy. <laughs> Why is the Phantom Menace your favorite, Royce? Uh, I always like the original. It's like, I like the original Star Wars, A New Hope. And I like The Force Awakens. Everything that follows them is like never quite as good. Mm-hmm. I know people like Empire or maybe you like Last Jedi or maybe you like Attack of the Clones, but there's something about like the first part of the story that's like usually always good and almost not always, but more often than not, like the ending is never as good as the beginning ever. Yeah, Almost ever. <laughs> that's funny because I think that I like Revenge of the Sith I think Revenge of the Sith might be my favorite, which is like, I think the popular answer, but I have just watched all three of these and there's just something about the culmination of them all in Revenge of the Sith. I also think it's directed the best out of the three and it really, really shows and just the downfall of Anakin and the music and the action 
I think it's my favorite of the three. So there we go. I do have a favorite scene from Attack of the Clones, though, and it might be my favorite scene in the prequel trilogy is the Obi-Wan v. Jango Fett on Kamino scene. I just love it. As the internet says these days, it lives rent-free in my head. (laughs) Okay, moving on to everyone's favorite, the original trilogy. What's everyone's favorite original trilogy film? Robin, sorry, I left it hanging. Uh, Probably A New Hope. How come? Probably for similar reasons that Royce is pointing out, where the first one is always kind of the best, and it sets up all the characters, and it sets up all the stories, and it has just so much good stuff in it. And the other two movies have to play off of everything that this movie sets up. A New Hope is like the most pure George Lucas thing ever. Like, it has the most quirkiness of like all of them. Other Star Wars movies are certainly quirky, but that's just like the original quirky. The first things that popped into his head made it into that movie. Everything else like derives off of that. But again, like your first album or whatever, it's like everything up until that point Boom. And then it got big and made a ton of money and he had to do it again. And also he didn't direct the other two in that trilogy. So like it literally is, <laughs> that is Star Wars. It's the guy that made up Star Wars made that movie. It wasn't like I wrote a script. Now you direct it. I think he didn't want to direct them. And I think he didn't want to direct the prequels either. Well, I know he didn't. Cause I just watched a thing about him saying he wanted Steven Spielberg to direct the prequels, but Spielberg wouldn't. <laughs> Apparently Wait, Spielberg you, you send me that. Spielberg was supposed to direct Return of the Jedi, but he wasn't allowed to hire him because he's not in like the writer guild or whatever, because he wouldn't show the credits at the beginning of his movies. So he wasn't allowed to hire Spielberg because of that. Something something like huh. that. That's funny. So Robin, what's your do you have a favorite moment from A New Hope? Probably when he meets Obi-Wan for the first time and he doesn't really realize who Obi-Wan is, and Obi-Wan's just kind of being real coy and sneaky about it. Of course I know him. Yeah. He's me. Yeah. I, that's, <laughs> a, that's probably what I would pick. What a troll. Yeah. Obi-Wan is such a troll. It's just like that Attack of the clone scene. Like, he's kind, yeah. of, a, kind of a jerk. Yeah. That, that's probably my favorite part. <laughs> he's me. Yoda. You seek Yoda. Yoda wouldn't even tell Luke that he's Yoda. <laughs> he, like, led them all around first. Uh, so well, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite character from A New Hope? Uh, I mean, probably Obi Wan for that reason. Yeah, no, he 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 does a great job. He's he's definitely the best character in that movie. Yeah, he's just I just love him. Uh he's just so good. Agreed. Grace, what's your what your favorite's A New Hope? You got a favorite moment? Man, definitely hard to pick. Binary Sunset's cool. Meeting Obi Wan is cool. That especially that one scene where he's like, "I knew your father," and the Clone Wars and Jedi. There's so much like exposition there but like obi-wan delivers it so like awesome or alec guinness does where you're like wow that's a great story grandpa (laughs) but mm, probably like when they leave the death star and oh man there's so many good moments probably when they're like being chased by the tie fighters right after leaving the death star and like they've they finally kind of linked up with leia and they're both shooting the guns leia and chewie are driving the ship and they go to the hidden base on Yavin 4. All the space stuff is cool at the end. Yeah. Anytime there's a spaceship, I'm going to be pretty happy, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Going back a little bit, that's another thing that I love about Revenge of the Sith. The, The opening scene is the best in the prequels, but it also opens to the 
now I can't think of it. The triangular big ships. The, like, Republic Star Destroyers? Yes. And the Anakin and Obi-Wan and the Jedi Starfighters, and then it pans down and you see the actual space battle going on. It's just an incredible opening scene and the music, and it's just great. Lorelai, what's your favorite of the original trilogy? Um, I think I will also go with A New Hope. And Interesting. I know, right? I mean, for one, it's the movie I've seen the most mm-hmm. out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm most familiar, and everyone knows that we all love what we're most familiar <laughs> with. Yeah. But I think it, it, like, Royce and Robin had a point when it's like, it, I think it stands on its own in a way that none of the other movies do just because like this was the first movie and I I assume George Lucas didn't know if there was going to be another one. You know, he had like dreamed no, it up was this gonna be whole, done. he had dreamed up this whole universe and this whole storyline and like all the backstory and like, you know, all of that. And he knew he had one shot. And so he like picked this moment of that whole story that you so love and he was like this is the part that i'm gonna show people and hope they buy into it right and i think he's you know he was right and he picked like one of the most pivotal moments and picked like the a very interesting intersection of all these characters that we kind of learn about so and he picked you know maybe parts that people would i don't know if they would most identify with but most like you know it's sort of like you know, Harry Potter in a way when everybody wants to wake up and find out they're a wizard, right? Like, you know, everyone wants to get that letter to Hogwarts and like Luke gets the letter and it's like he finds out he's actually a Jedi and it's like he's like like actually this critical person in the universe and he thought he was just like a random dude. So I think it's like kind of different than the rest of the movies because of that Mm -hmm. because it really has that sort of sense of urgency and that sense of like sort of like completeness that a lot of like a lot of the other movies like you know there's the scrolling thing at the beginning but like you know you're just expected to know what just happened and what's you're just expected to know like it's hard to sit down and watch them by themselves you know you're making good points but like a new hope like really you can just sit down and watch it and enjoy it. Whereas like Attack of the Clones, like, yeah, you could, but you'd be like, but you'd be missing all of the context and all of the character development that happened in the previous movie. Mm -hmm. So. Do you have a favorite moment? Well, let's just talk about what you just said a little bit. I want to talk about it a little bit because it was this, it was the start of everything and it's three out of four of our favorite of the original trilogy. Mm And that's always going to be a a sequel thing, right? You're always going to either be able to say that the original was the best and laid the groundwork and that the sequels are never as good because of that. Or you could say that the sequels were the chance for the creators to improve off of the test that was the original. I think it gets a little, that kind of thing gets a little muddy with the original trilogy because, as we've said, Lucas didn't go on to direct the other two. But it did set up not only Empire and Return of the Jedi, but every single thing we have. The three trilogies, my comic books, the action figures up there, uh, the art, the cartoons, the fanfic. I mean, it's, it's just, it's permeated all of our reality. So there's something very strong to be said about it. We'll say that 
although it is not my favorite of the original trilogy. Well, it's three against one. <laughs> so you're wrong. No, we're keeping it positive. I think one of the fun parts about this movie is it's like when the gang gets together, mm-hmm. right? I guess it's hard to put my finger on like my favorite character, but like, you know, Luke and Leia and, you know, Han and Chewbacca, like the crew and like... The, that could be your favorite moment. Yeah, the, okay. the formation of the, yeah, the found family or the team. Exactly. Like they... You know, they make their little crew of people that's going, we, like, you know, persist throughout the rest of the movies. You know, they're, like, always kind of together. I mean, not always together, but... The whole, like, Death Star scene where, like, they rescue Leia and, like, Mm -hmm. they all have completely different motives at that point in time. But, like, like you said, there's that band of brothers. Yeah. They all come together. Does anyone like Empire? I like Empire. So throughout my life, my favorite of the original trilogies has changed. It it was A New Hope, and then it was Return of the Jedi for a really long time. And I think now it's Empire, which again is probably the most popular answer. But there's just so much of it that I love. I could probably just watch it and watch like watch it and then immediately turn it back on again. Uh, I love all of it. I would say my favorite moment is... Maybe it's boring, but when Yoda is training Luke and Luke can't get the X-Wing out of the swamp and Yoda's speech, I think, is probably my favorite part where judge me by my size, my ally is the force, luminous beings are we, that whole thing, which to me is the most intriguing part of Star Wars at that point. Like we've had A New Hope and half of Empire at that point, and I think that that's the point that really hooks me. I mean, I don't know. I'm hooked by the time I'm understanding how to articulate any of this anyway. But just the idea of everything that Yoda discusses in that moment is just so like, tell me more, you know? I just love it. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think my favorite character is probably Yoda from that movie, from my favorite of the original trilogy. Solid. I think that being said, Return of the Jedi gets probably the most hate out of the original trilogy, but I think it's really solid and just really good. I like all of the original trilogy. Yeah. And I have like favorite parts of every movie. I really love the Hoth battle in Empire. Like that's amazing. And you get new ships and you get the ATAT walkers. And it's like, what is this? This is crazy. <laughs> and they're on an ice planet. Like, why was your secret base there of all places? <laughs> you were just in the jungle. It's like, Oh, we got to go to the complete opposite, I guess. It's insane. and like wild Star Wars stuff. That intro is great. I like the Endor battle on Return of the Jedi and the space battle there too. Like that's amazing. But A New Hope is the one though, period. It's like you said, if you had to show somebody Star Wars, you would have to show them Star Wars, A New Hope. Yeah. That's where everyone starts. It's it's more like starts wars. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry again. Yeah, I, so I don't know if we were if we were continuing this conversation, I would say my favorite part of Return of the Jedi is the uh, battle in the throne room. Am I picking all of the very cliche, boring moments? Like not boring, but like everyone picks them, so it's boring. Is I just love favorite? that. It's like the the Luke's been working his way up, and then a little bit of a downfall for Luke, but then no. There's good in him and there's good in me. And it's like the second time, second out of three times in the trilogies that Palpatine gets shocked by his own lightning. <laughs> it happens every trilogy. It's like, try something new. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> C, 
sequel trilogy time, unless anyone has anything else to add. Nope. Royce, what's your favorite of the sequel trilogy? Well, I already gave it away. Uh, the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Hundred thousand yeah. million, thousand million percent. Can you tell us why, without shitting on the sequels well, to that like, movie? <laughs> like you just said with Yoda, or or like the Obi Wan scene in A New Hope. Like you get some more lore that they like sprinkle in, and you're like, I need to know more. Like especially with the scene with Luke at the very end, you're like, what is going on in this island? I need to know more. And they leave it there. They leave it hanging. They He's really about to start talking about Lost. They really mess with you at the end of Force Force Awakens, but you want to know more. And you want to know what the deal with Rey is because she doesn't have parents. And Maz Kanata has the scene where she's like, who's the girl? And they lead you to believe all this like J.J. Abrams mystery box stuff, which is great. Like, what are the Clone Wars? What is the Force? What are Jedi? who is Luke's father or whatever. I guess they, <laughs> you're led to believe he's a Jedi, but then you find out he's Vader and oh my gosh, there's there's so much like crumbs that they leave throughout a lot of Star Wars, but Force Awakens does it really well. And then you get to the other two movies and they don't necessarily pick up the crumbs in my personal taste of how they should do it. They walk right by the crumbs like they don't even see yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. Somebody just sweeps pick the up crumbs those up crumbs. and they throw them in the trash. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I like Force Awakens because they, they, they leave you wanting more, you know? Yeah. Robin, what's your favorite of the sequel trilogy? Definitely The Force Awakens <laughs> for many similar reasons. I mean, J.J. Abrams did such an awesome job setting it up. Like you watch The Force Awakens and you're like, I can't wait for the next movie. I can't wait to figure out all of these secrets they have. I can't wait to find out who all these people are. I'm going to end my statement there as far as that. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, it's also really exciting. I remember the first like opening scene when like they're they're dropping down to Jakku. There's a crazy like score going on there. It's menacing. I remember my heart pounding and being like, I'm gonna have a freaking heart attack in the theater here. Like the first order stormtroopers are super menacing on Jakku. It's, it's a really exciting film overall. Yeah, and you meet all of the great characters, you know, as aside from, like, the recurring ones from the original trilogy. You meet all of the main characters, and you get to meet BB-8, who is one of the best characters, I think, in the entire Star Wars universe. I don't know, they ju he just did a really, really awesome job with that movie. And I missed... Royce, I'll come back to you, but Robin, do you have a favorite moment? My favorite moment is probably where Ray meets BB-8 in the desert for the first time and she frees him from the the net that the like junker or the trapper or whoever he is has. Oh man, what's his name? It's like Franco or she's like that's just Franco or something. Yeah, the but I like that name? she's like Tito. Maybe Tito. I think that's it. Yeah, but I like that she's like give me the droid. Fuck off, give me the droid. This is my <laughs> droid, not yours. And then kind of all the recurring moments between Ray and BB-8 where she's like, this is my droid and I'm protecting him and you can't take him, you can't buy him. I don't care how many portions you're going to give me. You cannot have him. One quarter portion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, Simon Pegg. So is it safe to say that BB-8's your favorite character? Yes. In The Force Awakens? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, that's question asked and answered. Royce, do you have a favorite <laughs> moment in uh, The Force Awakens? Yeah, the Jakku stuff is cool with Rey, like where she's looking through the old Star Destroyer and scavenging for stuff. Then she's like living in a 
ATAT and she's got a helmet. Like there's so much cool imagery there where she's like going through the desert. Obviously pretty reminiscent of A New Hope and like Luke living in the desert and like also being kind of like an underprivileged child. Yeah. But it's a long movie. What else happens in that movie? I'll give you a hint. Han and Leia re-meeting after a long time. Yeah. Han and Kylo on the bridge. I think it's it's just really interesting how they set up Rey. She sees all this Empire stuff. She sees all the Rebel stuff. And she's heard Mysteries of the Jedi when she, like, meets up with Han. And he's like, yeah, all the rumors are true. And she's like, whoa. I like that setup with Rey. Again, there's a lot of cool little crumbs there. They picked him huh. right up. You know, I never really thought I liked Rey, but I, I'm liking... I like Ray. Oh man, Ray! I love Ray. I think she might be my favorite character in the Skywalker saga. But that's a spoiler for the future. So, did you just answer? Is Ray your favorite character in the Force Awakens? Ray eating a piece of bread in a ATAT. Okay. <laughs> Any love for Poe or Finn or? I I really do love when Poe and Finn get together, and he's like, "We're gonna break out of here. You need a pilot. Yeah, I, I need a pilot." <laughs> and then and then he doesn't like shit on him after that. He's like, we're going to do this. That is a cool yeah. scene where they, they meet <laughs> yeah. up. They have such a wonderful relationship in that movie. And then when they find each other again later, Finn has thought Poe died in the quicksand or whatever. And is that my jacket? They run up and hug it out. And yeah, and then is that my jacket? And BB-8's there. I, that's, that might be another one of those sort of like little heart swell, emotional Star Wars movie moment. What's your name? They never gave me a name. F128. F128. What? What? Finn, I'm going to call you Finn. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's FN corny, two, but it's so it's so it's so heartfelt. Yeah. It really is. It's really nice. And then the whole I mean, it's just a really fun scene when they're trying to get the tie fighter and it's still hooked up and Lorelai, have you thought of a favorite uh <laughs> Do we jog movie? enough memories? It's got to be The Force Awakens because it's the the only one we've talked about. Because it's the only one we talked about. But I mean, I think I like that movie. It's not the same as A New Hope because it, like, they obviously made that movie with the intention of making other movies. So they obviously leave it on sort of a cliffhanger, almost literally. But (laughs) um, I think it's another example of like, they just like updated the whole universe by bringing in this like new fun crew. Right. And like everybody loves those sort of like buddy, buddy relationships and these like teams of people who go out to, you know, fight crime or, you know, do whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think it's different because Ray is like, obviously the lead of that whole crew and she's a woman. And I think, you know, some people might say, oh, that's like just gratuitous. Like they had to, whatever. But I think it's just cool that they like decided to focus on a woman character for the series as opposed to several men plus (laughs) Leia. Yeah. Basically. So yeah, I mean, it was (laughs) from my best recollection of seeing it many years ago once. It was a fun movie and like, I think... I enjoyed it. I had, you know, some issues with the other films that I don't think I really had with that one Um, because it was, it was more built on sort of like the fun aspect and like building these new characters as opposed to like sort of ending a series, like ending something. So in that way, it's a little bit more fun. Yeah. 
I agree. I think mine's also going to have to be The Force Awakens. And I talked before about not getting really an emotional pull from Star Wars movies, but I think that this movie has the most heartfelt moments of any Star Wars movie. Like, all the rest put together, The Force Awakens has more. It's just very... Well, it also came at a time where we were all wanting more Star Wars, but it was great. It was really fun to watch. It was full of heartfelt moments, starting with Rey and BB-8, Rey and Han, her wanting to go back to Jakku in case her family shows up, Poe and Finn, Poe and BB-8, just all of it, all of it. When Han meets, when Han and Leia see each other again for what obviously is the first time in a long time. It's incredible. And their theme is playing and it's just really, really great storytelling. I love it. So that's my favorite. I don't think the other sequels have much of that at all. Really? Uh, I would say my favorite moment in it is that's a really good question, right? I think my favorite moment in it is the end when she's climbing the Jedi steps. She's made it. She like, it's almost, she was this confused scrapper on Jakku. And now in the span of this movie, she's made it across the galaxy to Luke Skywalker, to the first Jedi temple. She wants to start her Jedi training. She's learned about the force. She's climbing those steps. The theme is playing and she's handing out the, the lightsaber to Luke, his father's lightsaber, and the camera's panning around them, and it's an incredible moment. It's a per- it's the perfect ending to that movie, and it's a perfect Star Wars moment, and I love it. Yeah, I want to amend my answer. It's not Ray <laughs> hanging out in an ATAT. It's most certainly the ending. The ending. <laughs> The ending is much more incredible than that. No, you can't, you can't go a back. Snack. Her her rehydrating that piece of bread and, <laughs> and eating it eating it alone with the rebel pilot helmet on. I love that imagery, um, but dude, you're right. For an actual story moment, like I don't know one person that would say they didn't want to see the next movie after seeing that scene. You know? Yep. That is it's just an incredible Star Wars scene. I don't think that this movie is... I don't think I could answer the question of who's my favorite character. Almost every character they introduce or reintroduce in this movie is so intriguing. It's incredible. The introduction to Rey, she's obviously... When you when we meet her, she's obviously the pivotal point of the movie. Even though the reintroduction of Han and Chewie was sort of spoiled in the trailers, it's still so impactful when they show up on the Millennium Falcon and and Han says, Chewie, I'm home. That part was in the trailer for some reason, but it's still it still hits you when you see it. And Finn is a I love Finn. I think he's an amazing character. Poe, everybody, BB8, all the characters in that movie are great. There's not one weak link. Maybe C3PO when he's like I bet you didn't recognize me because of my red arm. <laughs> Man, I really love that movie. So what is our favorite movie of them all? Of the Skywalker saga? Robin, what do you got? You got an De- answer? What's definite, your answer? 
Definitely a new hope. <laughs> Just, it's the it's the one that started it all, and like we've pointed out, that it it was the one that was supposed to be Star Wars. It was supposed to be the only movie. It's I mean, it sets literally everything else in the Star Wars universe at least so far. Um, so that's definitely what I would pick. What do you think, Royce? Yep, I'm in agree. A New Hope. Probably a tough choice, though, after that, like, what would be number two? I don't know if we've ranked these on the show before. It's a very hard thing to do. But we all just said which one we liked of all the trilogies, so it's really interesting to think, like, is that one of the, the other trilogies still number two and number three? Like, having a favorite in the trilogy does not necessarily mean anything. Right. But yeah, it's a new hope by a a, a long shot. What, what about Lorelai? What do you think, Lorelai? I agree. A new hope. A new hope. We're all so I mean, plain. I, don't, I also think I know, but I think we're not alone in this opinion. Well, yeah. certainly we're not. I mean, everyone's gonna. That's so okay. I think that's the point of sort of what I was saying up top. Listen. We all love different movies. Maybe in this instance, we all love the same movie. But anyone's allowed <laughs> to like any of these movies the most. Uh, I just love having these conversations about what we as individuals like most about Star Wars and why. I think it's so much fun because we love these properties. I just, it's so much fun to talk about why we love them and which ones we love most and why. We're not going to, I mean, we're obviously not going to say you love A New Hope, and that's why this is why you're wrong. That's such fucking annoying bullshit. That being said, uh, I think my favorite <laughs> of the Skywalker saga is The Force Awakens. I think it has something to do with how I felt in the movie theater. Again, I think I said this during our music episode, but it was my first time as an adult. It was my first Star Wars experience as an adult in the cinema. I went to the premiere... I sat there, I waited for the crawl to start, the crawl started, I had a little kid heart attack, you know, there, it was so special to me seeing that movie, and then, on top of that, it was really good, and it's a movie I can go back to now, and watch over and over, and think it's better each time I watch it. It, it introduced new characters, it introduced new ideas of having, like, it, like obviously it's very... It was very important and impactful to have a lead woman role in cinematic Star Wars. And it was a great character. I can't think of a moment in that movie that I don't enjoy watching. D Daisy Ridley is incredible. And also, I mean, it's all just incredible. And when, when Maz Kanata is talking to her about the Force and she's acting her ass off Daisy Ridley and she's crying and she's saying, I don't ever want to touch that again. It's just amazing. It's an amazing movie. It's my favorite. I love Star Wars. And that's all I have to say about that. We did it. We did Woo! our favorites. Yay. You know what it's time for now? It's a surprise question time with Joey. This will be a multiple surprise question. Questions time. 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 I thought about making this a lightning round, but Surprises I don't think any of us question could <laughs> <laughs> Surprises, questions, it's time. like attorneys general. I just don't understand much of anything, really. <clears throat> First surprise question. This is going to be fun. What is your favorite Royish Good Looks <laughs> Star Wars song? Lorelei. I actually have an answer to this one. <laughs> it's Christmas on Tatooine, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so much cheer. 
So much fun. I mean, they're all fun. So much cheer, so much joy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, it's just so fun. Who doesn't love a good holiday Star Wars song? It's great. I mean, they're all great, but that's my favorite. Robin? Uh, I definitely would pick the Baby Yoda song. Ooh, Baby Yoda, mm. not Baby Grogu or whatever. That one's called? Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, Royce, what's your favorite song that you've made? Well, I can't contradict myself since we already recorded an episode <laughs> where I said... I, I tried some gotcha journalism and it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to fall for it. I don't know if these are going to come out in succession or not, but no, obviously, just like A New Hope, like it's Hello from the Dark Side. Like mm. the one mm. ring to rule them all is that one. What do you think mine is? Is that a surprise That's question? the second surprise question. What does everybody <laughs> think my favorite uh, Royish good looks? No, it's um, Feel the Force. And it nice. might be because of recency bias, but it's also every single... I've listened to that song 1,000 <laughs> times. And every time I listen to it, I get goosebumps. I texted Royce, actually, and I told him that that song makes me appreciate the sequel trilogy more than I already did. That's mm -hmm. how powerful that song is to me. Second surprise question. This comes from a listener, Matzenbopper. I did it Ooh. right that time. Our favorite. Hi, Matzenbopper. More fun than a pillow fight. His question is, did Anakin bring balance to the Force? <laughs> I'm so glad I had so much alcohol. Royce. <laughs> I feel like we sort of talked, did we not talk about this one at like very early on? If not, we've definitely talked about it on not podcast and just at a gathering at some point. Our other podcast, not podcast. Yeah, I don't know. This is a this is an episode all to itself. Like, what do what is balance anyway? What does that really mean? Uh -huh. But I I guess if you look at like Return of the Jedi and then Vader like saving Luke from the Emperor, like that sort of brings balance. And then I think like the common trope is like. Well, then Luke goes out and tries to find a bunch of Jedi and like that imbalances the force again. Like, I don't know. Does Anakin bring it? Like, I, I suppose it's like temp <laughs> temporarily, like he solved like the issue at hand for a period of time. With Yeah, no so hands. I guess he did. I guess he did bring balance <laughs> to the force. He did. It just didn't last. Robin? <laughs> Do we define as bringing of bringing balance to the force as murdering lots of children because then yes he for sure brought yeah that is a little funny <laughs> yeah it's a, yeah no uh, he did like he's too much good so he balanced it right he just murdered a bunch of children no he's a terrible person yeah was that in the prophecy like there's gonna be balance but there's also gonna be hell to pay yeah no I, I don't think he did I think he was just kind of an asshole who did what he wanted to do so do you think Luke brought balance to the force by sort of uncovering a little bit of good invader at the end of his life and allowing him to destroy the emperor. I don't mean to put, I don't mean to ask a leading question. Objection! Leading the witness. But but yeah, yes or no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I, I think so. And I think if anyone brought balance, it would be Luke because he brought out the good in a lot of people and he brought good back to the force and he was just kind of a good genuine character as opposed to someone like Anakin who 
did a lot of really terrible things, aside from killing children, didn't he? He killed, like, an entire... Yeah, lots of kids. Yeah. He killed a bunch of kids. He killed, like, an entire village, and I know there were reasons for that, but I'm sure... Because they kidnapped his mom. Because yeah. I just watched that movie, so I know what, <laughs> what you're talking about. He struck, <laughs> he struck fear in the heart of the galaxy for almost 20 years. Yeah, he's not a great... He wasn't a great guy. <laughs> no, he's definitely an asshole and, like, is... Like, sort of a representation of everything that's wrong with our actual world, so... Well, so that's... I think the idea of balance in the Force is sort of, like, a false equivalency. Like, oh, there has to be balance on both sides. It's like, or we could just be nice to each other and not be, like, assholes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I I get that in that world, there's supposed to be balance, right? That's the the whole deal. There's supposed to be balance. Powerful light, powerful dark. Exactly, but... He's just an asshole. I don't think that's a really good point. I don't think in that world there is supp- supposed to necessarily be sort of a okay. a balance between a, a, a dark side and a light side balance. I think that's what the Jedi have indoctrinated their culture mm-hmm. to believe. But there's Jedi who don't believe that, and there's the gray Jedi, and then there's the Sith who obviously really don't believe that. And that's a very interesting conversation that Palpatine has with Anakin. In Revenge of the Sith, he's like, why don't they teach you both things? So it's just the Jedi who sort of think there needs to be balance, mm. I guess. So you Which don't... in and of itself is kind of an asshole thing. Yes, the Jedi get corrupted and that's a whole, that's, man, that's a great conversation that we could spend a lot of time on. The corruption of the Jedi and the f- them forcing that belief on others. But it's not always the way they were, and the High Republic is great. Check it out. (laughs) So you don't think Anakin brought balance to the Force. My question, okay, Lorelai's surprise question time. Ah! Does Anakin think he brought balance to the Force, or does he just think he's right? I think... He thinks he's the good guy. Well... No, I think he puts it on I don't think he thinks he's the good guy. Yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that no one chooses the dark side. They think that they're, everyone thinks that they're right, right? Vader, Anakin succumbed to it because he wanted to save Padme. He wanted more than anything in the world to save Padme's life. And the trajectory from leaving, making the decision to leave his mother and then her being murdered to that moment where he started seeing visions of Padme dying, whether they were actually visions or influenced by Palpatine, manipulating the Force, whatever, that's the fall of Anakin. And after that, he was a vessel of the dark side. Palpatine wanted the Empire under the guise of establishing peace, and it it went from there. I'm not justifying Anakin... (laughs) I'm not justifying Vader's actions as a mass murderer. I'm just saying that I don't think he necessarily thought he was right. He thought he was right in the sense that all he wanted to do was save Padme's life. Everything after that is just darkness. So, Luke, then? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't think prophecies work. I think that's the bottom line. I think, um... I don't think uh, Anakin necessarily brought balance to the Force because I think that prophecies as within the story and 
as a tool in the story don't work. Like, right, Harry Potter, the prophecy could be Harry, could be Neville, but it's either way, knowing that is going, knowing that there's a prophecy that says a certain thing is going to influence the way people act and react. So I think that it's always just a flux of balance. There's no balance in the force. Anakin didn't bring balance to the force and Luke didn't bring balance to the force. Like Roy said, they might've done it temporarily, but then Luke goes to destroy Kyle, uh, Ben Solo and completely disrupts everything he fought for until that moment. So it just never kind of works. And then we have a final surprise question from another listener. Carl, thanks for those comic books, Carl. Will all the new Star Wars content current being announced or currently in production give us burnout? I think that's a very good question, Carl. So we have The High Republic coming out in books and comic books. We have Obi-Wan, we have Andor, and we have Ahsoka, The Bad Batch. We have a couple of movies announced. Do we think we're going to get burned out? Or do we think that this is a golden age of Star Wars? I'll answer this one first because I just love absorbing every piece of Star Wars content, especially if I'm enjoying it, which I'm really enjoying The High Republic. I'm reading through the new Thrawn trilogy, which is also, in my opinion, incredible. Timothy Zahn just has this amount of storytelling within him that just flows out of him. He's creating so much. It's incredible. And we have the Bad Batch coming out in, on May 4th, which I'm really looking forward to because I love the Clone Wars. So I'm not going to get burnt out. I love all this stuff. And I hope it continues to be good. And I have high hopes that it will continue to be good. What do you think, Robin? Do you think you're going to get burnt out? Yeah. I mean, part of what I liked about Star Wars, and I didn't really start watching Star Wars till I was an adult, but I... One of my favorite things was the anticipation when you're like, oh my God, that movie was so good. I can't wait for the next one, which will be in probably two to three years, possibly longer. I'm not really sure. And there's no other content. So I'm super excited. I can't wait for this next piece of content. But when they're constantly like, content drop, here's all this shit for you. It's, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not really looking forward to to any of it like there's just so so much whereas like someone like marvel they announce it but they're like here's one thing we're gonna take a couple weeks off we're gonna give you another thing we're gonna give you a movie at some point here's a couple tv shows but not all at the same time they're all a little bit different you're gonna get a few weeks off in between because falcon and the winter soldier is done loki's not coming out till like june so you have some time to really get excited and look forward to it where I I feel like Star Wars is just kind of like here's everything we're going to do for the next 8,000 years and it's all going to come out relatively around the same time and you're never going to be without a piece of Star Wars content you're welcome and that kind of <laughs> that kind of kills it for me because there's nothing really to look forward to because it's just there's always something there that you can be like oh look a new Star Wars thing yeah I agree I, th- I mean Marvel also does the thing where here's a million pieces of content. Here's when everything's coming out. And of course they always have comic books and all that stuff. I think something Star Wars is doing right now, which is, which is nice is that they're releasing content for everyone in terms that there's comic books for the people that want to read the comic books. There's books for the people that want to read the books. 
There's animated TV shows for people who want that. There's movies on the horizon and there's TV shows. But yeah, it is sort of a data dump. I agree. What do you think, Royce? Robin, you bring up a good point about anticipation, which is like what makes the payoff worth it. So Disney like did everything too quick. They did a movie every year after The Force Awakens. It was really like unnecessary because we all still love Star Wars. Like they could have taken five years after Force Awakens. They still would have made just as much money, if not more, from the next movie because of the anticipation. And the prequels were all three years apart. These were only two years apart. It's nuts. Like that was a real fast paced schedule. And the movies definitely kind of suffered for it, in my opinion. So as long as they make everything good and it all doesn't come out at the same time, I don't think we'll get burnt out. Like you said, WandaVision, you were able to get through it. Falcon, you're able to get through it. Loki, like one at a time is okay. Even with the new Disney movies, like the trilogies and the side stories, like one a year is totally fine. Maybe you could get to two movies a year or two shows like at the same time. But the more and more you stack that on top, the more and more people are going to miss stuff. And that will probably happen, but it, it will be because it'll be Bad Batch, which is for either people that want to consume all the canon or because it's for kids. Sorry, Joe. And anybody else listening? Like th there will be two different segments. There will be like the young adult Star Wars fans and there will be like the adult Star Wars fans. Like they'll probably do like a Game of Thronesy. Like I would even argue Mandalorian is kind of like more adult oriented than maybe the Clone Wars. So that will be the case where there's like the adult Star Wars, maybe not so adult Star Wars. <laughs> I think everyone gets what I'm putting down. I'm not explaining it well, but you we get, get, we get, get what I'm saying. Also yeah. to Robin's point, about anticipation, again, there were rumors forever about a live-action Star Wars TV show before, like, the sequels, before The Mandalorian. That was, like, a thing rumored for a while. And I personally remember being like, that's gonna be so cool, I can't wait, like, until that thing comes out. And The Mandalorian did an amazing job being the first live-action TV show for Star Wars. And now that they're gonna drop everything, like, I hope they're all up to the same quality standard and they're not all shooting from the hip like Rogue One or Solo or Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. Like, pew, 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 pew. Hope one of these are good. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> like, you're not always going to hit the bullseye if you're just constantly, like, dropping all this stuff, like you said, Robin. So give time in between and then we won't get burnt out and everything will be good and we'll just enjoy it. That's my take. What do you think, Lorelai? I think, like, the idea of being burnt out on this on like media is kind of interesting just in general in general because like we consume star wars in a different way now than we did when the original trilogy came out obviously right, right? like everything is different now so i i don't think we will get burnt out because everyone's going to consume what they want mm -hmm. that's kind of the thing about like it almost all of it's coming out on disney plus right like, yeah. so if you, you don't have Disney Plus, you're not going to get burned out on it. And people get Disney Plus to watch all this Star Wars stuff. So it's kind of like the people who aren't going to like would only ever go maybe go see the movies in theater or maybe rent them after. Yeah. Like they're still going to do that. And like they're they never would have and still won't watch 
the Bad Batch. Like, that's not, you know, those are, that was never the target audience. So I think they've just done a better job of, like, targeting different audiences for different things. Not everyone's going to watch the TV shows that would watch the movies anyway. That's exactly. That's another yeah. divide. Yeah. So, like, like even after, I, I guess, I don't know, but after the original trilogy came out, I assume that's when, like, the comic books and, like, all of that sort of started? Or no? Yeah, the uh, extended universe. The extended universe, right? And like some people obviously consumed that and (laughs) some people didn't. And like, I don't think no one ever questioned like, oh, but will we get burnt out because of all of this stuff that's coming out now? Like, no, because people seek out what they want and some people only go to see the blockbuster movies. Right. That kind of makes it cooler to be like, you know, there's more. Yeah, like there's always another level. If you wanted, you can always go yeah. to the next level. Yeah, but you true. can also just like watch the movies and still be kind of involved. I don't know. As long as you don't miss things, like as long as the movies are the movies and the shows are the shows, and the shows yeah. can maybe reinforce the movies. But if you have to consume it all, then yeah, it falls then, off the rails. Exactly. But I think they've been very good about you know. There's like. The original trilogy, there's the prequels, and then there were the three sequels. And then it's like, you don't have to see Solo to understand what's going on in the sequels, right? right? So, like, there's always been multiple levels. And, like, some people consume it all, and some people go see the blockbusters, and some people see the movies maybe not in even not in sequence. And they've all, I think, I don't know, the people making this stuff have always been aware that the, there's, like, those different levels. So, I, I mean... I don't know. I don't see Joey ever getting burnt out on Star Wars. No. No. So, <laughs> like, he's going to consume it all, and he's going to love every second of it, and he's not going to get burnt out. Correct. And, like, you know, somebody who's maybe halfway to that level would consume what they wanted, and they still, you know, then they would just not consume what they didn't want. So. Yep. I agree. I would agree on the concept of a burnout being not not achievable i guess you could just consume whatever you want to consume line up at the buffet and put whatever you want on your plate and then be done we tend to overeat in this country and that's fine (laughs) i'm gonna do that enough for all of us but you might not like some of it but that doesn't really mean that you're burnt out on it you just right and and over that's another part of my point overall it's it's we just love star wars but yeah that's exactly it there's you can consume however much of it you want to consume. You don't need to watch the shows. You don't need to watch The Bad Batch to watch The Mandalorian. We've had this conversation and we might have debated it a little bit about Ahsoka in The Mandalorian. I maintain that you don't need to have watched The Clone Wars to really understand what she's doing in The Mandalorian. But anyway, I think that, yeah, I just think that Consume however much of Star Wars you want to consume and uh, don't be mean about it. And we'll all, we're all good in the hood. I'm sorry again. I've apologized three times for what I've said in this episode. Hey, listeners, everyone, anyone, first of all, let us know what your answers are to what your favorite Star Wars movies are and your favorite moments and stuff. Whatever you feel like answering again, pick and choose if you want. But interact with us. Let us know. Let's have a conversation about your favorite movies, your favorite Star Wars content, favorite moments, your favorite characters, all of it. Let us know if you think Anakin brought balance to the Force. Let us know if you think we're going to or you're going to get burnt out on Star Wars content. And most importantly, 
Let us know what your favorite Royish Good Looks song, Star Wars song is. Or song in general, whatever. I don't know. Whatever you want. Let us know whatever you want. That was and- the most surprised question of all, I have to say. <laughs> it made me feel real good. So thanks for asking Yay. that one. Yay. And all of your answers. All of your answers were correct, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the show. That's our Star Wars question spectacular May the 4th-ish Krypton to Alderaan episode, and I, for one, loved it. My favorite moment was when I asked you all what your favorite moments were, and my favorite <laughs> my favorite character was Lorelai. Oh, Because nice. you're just my favorite character in general. Thanks. You're Joey. welcome. <laughs> roll credits! Yeah, roll credits. Grace? <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you, listener you, lending your ears and <laughs> listening to the podcast. Unless you watched on YouTube with the captions on on mute. <laughs> Which we also appreciate. All right. So if you are watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. If you're listening yeah. anywhere else, leave us a review, some stars. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Krypton to Alderon, or you could send us an email, Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. We're getting pretty good at this, aren't we, Robin? We sure are. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of Krypton to Alderon. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. And I've been a Twi'lek. And we've been <laughs> Krypton. Krypton. Wow.